If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R H A P B M B. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R H. Everybody and welcome to the RHAP B&B, the only Survivor podcast brave enough to declare that we are all Harvity. Today we are talking about the episode two of Survivor Island of the Idols. A lot of stuff going on. Cannot wait to start doing some podcast yoga with this illustrious panel here. First, let me welcome my co-Parvity in chief, Liana Boris. Liana, how are you? I'm great. Uh, wow, wow, wow. What an episode. Uh, although, before we begin, I would like to make an official petition to add a snug uh, to the B&B. I feel like that would be a really great addition to what we have going on here. Let's be honest, Liana, with the state of our beds at the B&B, I think we might need to, like, they called it downgrade to those snug costs, but they're pretty much an upgrade given what the actual mattresses are made out of. Yeah, that's actually, that's very true. So, I mean, maybe one day we'll get the money to upgrade to a snug. <laughs> I guess for now we'll have to make do. And this week's Parvati in the guest chair is someone who we are very excited to bring back. The expert in all things Bachelor here on reality TV wrap-ups and an expert on all things Canada, which has... Uh, a nice reverberation over the course of this season. Haley Strong, welcome back to the B&B. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, my parents are incredibly embarrassed that the thing I'm best known for is The Bachelor. Just kidding. They have no idea. <laughs> Do your parents not know that you podcast about The Bachelor? They absolutely know, but they don't. They don't get it? No. Like, my, my, my mom was always like, Oh, Haley, how do I listen to your podcast? Can I just listen to it on the web? And I go, Mom, I'd rather you not. Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate you attempting to support me in the most ridiculous hobby I have. Um, but you don't need to listen to an hour and a half of me spewing BS. Do they watch The Bachelor? Do they watch The Bachelor? Oh, God, no. Oh, okay. So they'd just be listening to the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Their reality TV extends no farther than Antiques Roadshow, mm. Pawn Stars, um, Pawn Hunters, or whatever that is. So basically show's anything where somebody has something that they're bringing in to get valued. Yeah, they like old stuff on TV. Wait, what about Storage Wars? Absolutely. Nailed it. And yeah. Storage Wars Canada. Yep. <laughs> 
and Canadian pickers and American pickers. Um, and my mom, oh, and uh, Lakefront Cottage real estate shows. They okay, love so that. so I didn't I didn't know if their uh, appreciation appreciation uh, extends <laughs> over into like HGTV era. <laughs> Absolutely, my mom is a big fixer upper fan. Uh, her and my dad went to Texas last year on a vacay, and they made a point to go to Waco to see the silos of Magnolia, <laughs> or you know. Yeah, as so one does. I, now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, gosh, I come from a long line of weirdos who love TV too much. I was gonna say you sound like the normal one. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, Haley, maybe you could put a price tag on Island of the Idols so far. I know we're only a couple of episodes in, but I mean, we've watched two and a half hours with commercials of the season so far. What have your thoughts been about it? You know, I've been enjoying it. I think I'm not alone in um, coming into the last couple seasons a little not down, but kind of like, are we doing this? Are we really doing this? And, um, you know, honest, I I feel like that the seasons could be better if they just relied on their excellent cast, in which I think we have a great one this season. So it's almost disappointing that we're wasting so much of the episode kind of effing around with two people that um we've seen many times before and uh probably we'll see again i would say um it is it's just I, I wish we could just rely on the cast and have fun here um but i haven't completely hated the island of the idols twist yet it's not like my super jam but i'm um fine-ish with it yeah i mean i think it's been interesting to sort of watch it uh, just find out what it's all about. I think. Um, mm. I think I'm definitely still a little hesitant. Sort of what you said, Haley, about it taking up time in the episode, and I think that, that was something that people. I mean, were how many times? About. Like, are are we going to waste thirty seconds every single week reading the mantra of the island? Or whatever? I, oh my god! My um, my sense of optimism is saying no. I feel like they only did it this episode a because it's still early, and you know this is the first time someone from the other tribe is visiting, and b because Kelly underlined that one part of it that really set her paranoia going that I guess might have led to her ultimate success in that test. Yeah, right. Because what? Because she said something about pointing out the like one of the lines, right? When she, they were reading mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess that's that's part of it. But yeah, if they're gonna read it every time, <laughs> that's gonna be rough. No, I don't think so. I, what I feel like survivor has really uh you know cherished in its editing and its 39th season was sort of like a yeah you you know you, you know this like i mean let's look, look at the fact of how this episode starts that we don't even get a previously on instead we get future flashes we have our mm. own little like raven simone moment where we're seeing <laughs> flashes of the future uh and so I, I don't know i personally really enjoyed it i know how uh reticent survivor fans are to change but at the same time the previously ons, they've always varied in terms of length. And I also sort of feel like lately it's been a, a device for production to kind of shape the narrative, mm. you know, to tell events from a certain perspective. I mean, on the Survivor Historians, we talked about this all the way back in Survivor Micronesia when they were giving Parvati credit for certain things that maybe she was not entirely responsible for. And then when you look back, you sort of realize, oh, maybe that's because she won and they wanted to give her a lot of credit for stuff. So. The more they eliminate that, uh, that's totally fine. But I feel like that's an example to me of them being like, yeah, you, you, you've watched Survivor for a while at this point, we're assuming. You know what, what exactly we do here. So that makes me hopeful that in future episodes, they're just going to kind of yada yada through the Oath of the Idols. You know the drill, even with this new twist, let's get to the good stuff. 
Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, and I'm I'm just curious to know, like now that we've seen two examples of what these lessons are, I want to learn more about what, you know, what we're going to be taught at the Island of the Idols, because so far it's making fire and listening. <laughs> um, so I think if you're really going to put together like the Ron Clark rules, I guess, of what you learn from the Island of the Idols, like those are really two interesting ones to start with. Yeah, I would say that the syllabus would be great to to look at this by the end. I mean, next episode's going to be what being stealthy, I guess. <laughs> I, and this is, you know, I know people. They're going to have to make their own spy shack or something. Well, yeah, they're sneaking into the other tribe's camp next episode, which is going to be very. Oh fun. yeah, I forgot about that. Not applicable to Survivor whatsoever, but part of me kind of doesn't give a crap. Like, Survivor's in its 39th season. I'm willing for them to try wacky things as long as it doesn't fuss with the game mechanic too mm-hmm. much. Look at you, Edge of Extinction. So, like, yes, people aren't necessarily going to be quizzed at this point in Survivor history about uh, the people that they're listening to. But, like, if you want to set something up like that, fine. As long as it provides for good TV. And I do feel like, well, I do agree that, like, I talked about this in the preseason. I hope that IOI is not too much of a time suck. At least it's giving us some time to get to know the people that are going, you know, like Elizabeth had the most confessionals last episode. Kelly had the most this episode. And I found, I feel like we found out a lot about both of those people Mm. uh, in those first two episodes. So at least it's giving us an opportunity to get to know them rather than something like a ghost Island where it was like, Hey, person goes, they break an art and then they cry a lot about their situation back home. (laughs) I forgot about that, that that was sort of the editing pattern of Ghost Island. <laughs> it was like, break and earn, no game for you, cry, and eat a bunch of rice. I forgot about Ghost Island entirely. I was listening to the um, uh, know-it-alls last week with Dominic, and it, it was just like, yeah, Ghost Island. I'm like, what was Ghost Island? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it continues to be. I know we talked on the B&B about how, like, <laughs> the season afterwards, we didn't remember a good, like, at least 50% of what happened in that season. And I feel like it's slowly fading from our memories, maybe like a ghost itself. But I, I mean, to go back to your point, Haley, I, I was intrigued going into episode two. Uh, you know, obviously I was there on set for the events of episode one. And so I had no we idea. Get it, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It was an amazing opportunity. I'm so proud of you. You know, but I would say, do you believe my anxiety is like, I'm sure people are. Mike, running, Mike, like, Mike, Mike, Mike. I am so, so excited that you got to go and experience that. Like it's, you deserve it and you're amazing and I love you. And I tell you that all the time, but I would just, just joking with you. Well, Continue. Love you too. But I, I, so I went into episode two being like, I have no idea what's going to happen here. And when we visited the tribe camps, my impression of both tribes, quite honestly, was okay, Lyra is going to be the chaotic character tribe. Vokai is going to be like the stable strategic tribe. And Vokai proved to be the strategic tribe, but in a much more chaotic way than I ever thought it would be. I never thought they would do this to Molly in the very first vote you could talk about whether or not it's a good or a bad move but i was stunned that we got this move so quickly from a tribe in their very first vote of the game when there were two very clear outliers it makes me very excited for what's going to happen because it doesn't just mean that happier cast is willing to play ball it seems like everybody in this cast is willing to play ball Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think what was really interesting is the fact that this is almost a perfect example of how things can shift within three days. You know, like you go out, you have this initial impression of how a tribe is going to function and then push comes to shove six days you know, into the game. And now you have this absolutely insane move that I don't think anybody really expected to happen you know i you know watching the episode is like oh they're throwing out molly is of course you know the decoy vote there's no way i was like for sure thought it was going to be nora going like for sure and then as the vote started coming i was like oh no <laughs> like this is a lot of molly votes oh no it's molly like three votes and it's like oh it's done like this is a done deal um which is kind of crazy i don't know i mean like Haley, i don't know do you think that this is actually a good move uh do i think this is good no not really i don't know what was molly doing now it was like so egregiously bad i just felt like nora had an issue with her and she wasn't gonna stop until she dealt with it i feel like almost like nora would have been the right choice there just to like keep things status quo and uh, you know like a lot of people come into survivor now being like well i gotta make a big move right off the right off the hop because i gotta start building my resume et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. where for the first you know before what's it called merge oh my god <laughs> before <Go> the merge <laughs> before. <laughs> before the merge like what do you what do you need to do that for right nobody remembers that you know and just kind of because if you're if you're starting to pick off strong players or you're suggesting, hey, we should get off this person instead of this person. Like, you're the one who's going to be next. People are going to start saying your name because, you know, you're coming down to that. And people are like, oh, well, they're making big moves this early on. I got to get them out. So, you know, that's just like my view of it. Like, kind of coast and be right in the middle until at least the merge. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is just a little early for me to be like, I'm making a big move. What great fun. My- yeah, and, and I think this is, I mean, this is also an externality of it being, you know, so many diehard fans on the cast, as well as I think they're extra leery about each and every person. You know, I, I feel like maybe in another season, maybe a Ghost Island, for example, the triumvirate of Molly, Jamal, and Jack, who Molly told me in her exit press that, you know, she, this was not necessarily a thing. It was definitely her and Jamal, but I, I don't think the King, the Queen, and the Jack was necessarily as big of a thing as the show made it out to be. But I feel like maybe in a different season, they could have very easily, you know, coasted by just being like, hey, look at someone like Nora, who's very erratic, who is, you know, ostracizing herself. She's a very easy person to take out. But I think that because Paranoia is running rampant this season, it's partially due to the Island of the Idols name. It's partially just due to the people that they cast on the season, which is great. It's just fostering this attitude of like, I got to take my shot now because I don't know. No, I don't know when the next time is when that seems to be the attitude really in these first two votes. I guess you could also use the logic of I know Norris says at one point, like Molly does nothing at camp and she's not exactly strong in the challenges. Whereas I know Nora is someone who is obviously very fit and could be more of a, you know, a, a, a an asset there. But yeah, this, this just seemed to come completely out of nowhere. And I really do give credit to like the, the Janet, Kelly, and uh, and Lauren trio on their own as well for sort of being like, hey, uh, this is an opportunity for us to sort of take control of the game, much like the Women's Alliance on Lyro decided to do that as well. This time, it's really those three that are like, okay, this is an opportunity for us to be the power trio instead. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
Okay, it was a fun move. And I appreciate the chaos from a viewer's perspective because I would rather go into a Survivor season not knowing what's going to happen with everything being up in the air, not knowing who's going to turn on who. But I can't imagine being out there as a player just operating in chaos is so much more difficult. And so to have this happen, the very, very first vote, I would be so incredibly nervous and maybe even more paranoid to then be out there just sort of worrying about okay, who's going to flip on who? Because at least if you get the first vote where things seem to be relatively stable, you know, I don't know, maybe it would make you feel a little bit more comfortable. I think maybe I am more on like Tommy's side of all of this, where I would go along with it if that's what people wanted to do, but I would definitely not be pushing for it. Um, and I think that Tommy seems like somebody else who could potentially salvage relationships. So maybe like he feels like more in the middle. Um, but then from Lauren, Kelly and Janet's perspective of really wanting to take control, I guess I get that. Um, but I just wonder how much control they really truly have with all the chaos mm. well let's start getting into our usual stuff on the bnb and i'm sure we'll talk a lot more about all the craziness that went down over this episode and let's stay on the molly train and talk about our preseason predictions on molly with an asterisk because as we've declared several times in the past i've automatically taken an l this mm -hmm. season because liana says i am biased and that i do have information in talking to these people but i still wanted to play along and write down my thoughts on how i thought each of these cast members sans ronnie would do as i left fiji but liana i'm very intrigued to hear from you molly was a huge preseason favorite for the survivor community at large going into this season were you on the same page so i had molly making the jury um, and I wrote, uh, her choice of soup was slow cooked chili. Um, and that's very important, uh, for this prediction, uh, because in parentheses, this is begins the fall of the chili threesome plus Tommy. So let's just <laughs> go along with that. Uh, okay. Oh boy. Mo Molly played a strong social game and was everyone's best friend out on the island. However, because she was super well liked by everyone, she was also a threat to win. This fact, combined with her strategic dominance as part of the Chili Alliance, was responsible for her downfall. She was promptly voted out by the non-Chili people. In her final words, Molly states she had a good time, but was disappointed in the outcome. <laughs> disappointed. Oh my god, that's beautiful. <laughs> so, I don't... Well, she did say she was feeling, uh, what'd she say? She was, like, stunned and a little dizzy in so, her final words. Like so disappointed could have been something on the on the cutting room floor there. Uh, so I had Molly also making the jury. Uh, I said that she would get blindsided after people realized she was too likable oh. for the end game. I did say she'd go home with an idol in her pocket or her hair. And I said that either she or someone voting for her would be making an, a Harry Potter reference at some point in the voting booth over the course of the season. And I also, like I do usually, I wrote down her closest ally and her worst enemy. I said her closest ally was Kelly, and her worst enemy was Nora. So, Haley, you are the arbiter here. You are the one looking at the antiques that Leon and I have brought in and uh, determining their value. God, you guys, I, you know, I, predicting that she would make the jury, I feel like that's that's an obvious one like definitely i would have done that as well she just doesn't seem like an obvious person to go before the merge um but i think you guys did pretty well in saying like she's gonna get voted because she's like almost too likable and I, I think that kind of was the case like i know nora likes to be like well she was the leader of the mean girls pack and it's like come on girlfriend um but mike saying like somebody would use a harry potter reference and voting her out 
there was something else you said that I can't quite remember, even though it happened uh, 12 and a half seconds ago. So I got to go with Mike. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I was very surprised you were. I know that I talked about Harry Potter a lot with Molly preseason. I know she mentioned uh, binge mode Harry Potter as an example. And I was stunned when it was not her who made the HP reference, but Kelly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, everyone noticed this, but she wrote down Molly Wobbs. Uh, on her parchment, which is a reference to Molly Wobbles, the uh, affectionate nickname that Mr. Weasley gives Mrs. Weasley in the Harry Potter franchise. And Kelly even confirmed that on social media. That's crazy that you predicted that, Mike. Like, I'm actually very impressed by that one. I I don't know where that came it's from. Amazing. Maybe it's amazing. Maybe it's my preseason bias. It has been able to That's give right. me precognitive powers. Oh. So should I only give him like 0.75 points? <laughs> well, he's already lost is what I've decided. So this is just, okay. I mean, this is just for the fun of it, you know, and like yeah, I'm playing, I'm playing with house money. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, or you, or you are, I'm not, <laughs> I'm playing with negative house money. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know what analogy is appropriate in this circumstance. Um, but see, that's this preseason bias. When you get to go out there, you get to meet the people and talk to them. You can do the prediction that somebody will reference Harry Potter in voting out people. So there. To be fair, I don't think her or I could have predicted that she was saddled with the popular girl mentality because uh, she talked about it with me and she even posted a picture on social media. Like she was very cry laughing up, up front to say, like, I was not cool whatsoever in school. Like she was very much someone who was just like an offbeat person, followed everything to the beat of her own drummer and wasn't necessarily regarded as popular. Cut to Nora being like, this is just like high school where Molly is the popular girl. And she's like, I've never been that person. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get that at all where the popular kid thing came into play. It just seemed like they needed some analogy for people splitting into groups. <laughs> and I guess high school seemed to be the one that was most appropriate for them. But yeah, I didn't get the sense that because what was it? It was um, Jamal, Molly and Jack is the cool kids. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed very odd. Yeah, it seems like Jack would be part of like. I don't know if we're going with like the high school musical trope, like he's the the skater kid who secretly plays the cello, you know? <laughs> oh, man. And then, OK, let's see. Then is Jamal. What What were the other characters? So Jamal the, was the, the basketball, basketball player, player bakes. who bakes. Yes. And I guess is. But Molly can't be. Molly's the, the nerd uh, that dances. That hip hop dances. No, that's got to be Nora, right? Nora's the nerd that hip hop dances. I suppose. I mean, this, uh, you know, it's not Footloose or this is like Footloose. We know there's no dancing. So maybe maybe but maybe Nora thought that Molly was Sharpay. Oh, maybe just trying to keep the clicks in line. Like, don't do what you love. We must adhere by these standards. I noticed Haley's been silent throughout this entire conversation. Listen, did I watch High School Musical? Yes. Can I do a stunning rendition of. That song that Sharpay and her brother do on stage when they completely <laughs> redid the whatchamacallit of it. I'm great at music. Can you tell? Uh-huh. Yes, it's beautiful. Um, do I remember every part of it? Gosh, no. Is it I, tr- did see, I did see High School Musical in the theaters, though. I will give myself that. Is it true that you and Ethan did that exact <laughs> rendition when you got your engagement photos taken? Whenever I try to sing and dance with Ethan, he sits on the couch and stares at the TV and tries to pretend whatever's going on is not happening. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so, oh, go ahead, Mike. 
No, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Haley, the, uh, the, do I remember this? No. So, okay. Oh, let me restart. So I don't know if either of you remember, but, um, James from Big Brother 18 (laughs) did this weirdly weird long video like a couple summers ago. Do you remember? There was a season assist. Yes. The season assist thing with Natalie. Anyway, there's one line that I just, I always remember from it. And it's when he's talking about college and he's like, did I graduate? No. Did I come close? Yes. And for some reason, yes. that just really like really reminded me of that. And I had to bring it up, even though it's not relevant no, in any way. So you're welcome. No, I always think of that when people ask questions that they answer themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Sorry. And no, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Haley, I'm going to turn the lectern over to you because in the effort of the B&B trying to always keep things fresh like Survivor, we're going to try something new starting this week and look this season is all about teaching lessons so we thought we'd be the students here because i know we got the suggestion of like oh mike and leon should try to teach something at somebody a different lesson this week leon and i don't know too much about this world to be quite honest we only know what we're speaking into the microphones we live inside tiny rooms 24 7 mm-hmm. but what we figured we'd do is every week or at least in the first few weeks we're going to bring in our guest to try to teach us something anything survivor related or not about life and we're going to see if we can uh stick to those lessons and get rewarded for it in some sort of way so Haley, i know we sort of prepped you for this do you have something that you want to teach us this week uh yes so mine's a little awful i i don't think it's gonna get you too far in life if i'm being honest with you but it's funny that you know mike your prediction skills are so dead on because at the beginning of the episode, you said, I'm I'm the knower of all things Bachelor in Canada. And those were the two things where I was like, what should I teach them about this? So I went with Canada. That's a little easier. Everyone knows Canada exists. <laughs> but do you really know much about Canada? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we're not going to get quizzed on Canada, are we? <laughs> Uh, you might. I'm just gonna give you some. I'm gonna give you some fun facts. Okay, I'm excited. And then you can you can just like hold all of these facts in. Um, and then when you go to a trivia night at your local bar, and there's a category about Canada, you're gonna think of me and be excited. Nail it. I love it. Or whenever you're playing Learned League or whatever <laughs> the trivia thing is for the nerds online. What? Or a HQ trivia. HQ trivia. Learn League. Don't my play Learn League. I used to, yeah. Learn League is like a very high-level online trivia league. It's, it has like Jeopardy champions in there. Jessica Lee's is a very big part of it. It's uh, I, I went in there and I very much felt outmatched, so I promptly bowed out after a year or so. What's it called? Learn League? Yes. And you have to be invited by other smart people. Oh. Never got an invitation. Gotta say, well, I know, like, I just wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't fit in. Mike, I'm even less smart than you. Um, so it's just not probably the place for me. But anyway. Oh, okay. Oh, just uh, so in terms of being able to use this stuff at trivia nights, I think we should also, Mike, have to work some of these fun facts into a conversation uh, this week mm. with someone else. I, now, I don't it- know if you speak to other people. I do sometimes. So uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> Yeah, I might have to bring it on to other podcasts because that's apparently the only conversing I do with human beings besides my own family, including my infant son. Well, you know, he's not much of a conversationalist, I'm sure, yet, but he'll get there. But if you just keep spewing facts about Canada at him, maybe he'll want to move there one day. Mm, very true. <laughs> just a thought. Anyway, so uh, do you know how many provinces there are? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I want to say there's six and there's like two territories 
Uh, ten provinces, three territories. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, what's, what's your favorite province? <laughs> um, I don't know. Qu- name three, name, name your top three favorite, pro- favorite provinces. <laughs> um, okay. Let me think of the provinces I've actually been to. Yeah, um, I was going to say, well, I, well, it's, it's not exactly my favorite, but like the ones that I've been to have been Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Uh, even Why? Though, uh, yeah, reason? not like Quebec and Ontario. This is part, I, I toured teaching theater to young kids in rural areas. So yeah, it was a lot of stop, Mike. flat stop, land. Stop, so I would stop, say stop. like, I would want to say Ontario, but like I haven't been there. You've never so been to it's, like it's, Toronto? It's like idealized. Wow. Okay, well. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Mike, okay, get in your car, drive the eight hours to my house and come hang out with me. I'll show you the best part of Ontario, Niagara, and we'll have a great time. <laughs> All right, that's, that's good. Uh, okay, I've only been to Quebec and Ontario, so uh, <laughs> I guess between the two of us, we've been to four Canadian provinces. So we're like getting there. That's almost half. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, the newest territory, Nunavut, separated from the Northwest Territories on April 1st, 1999. And it has a population of 35,000 people. <laughs> Why did they separate? Uh, great question. Didn't look into no. it. Can't remember. I was in second grade then. Mm, okay. Well, good to know. And do you know what the capital of Canada oh, is? Oh, Ottawa. Nailed Got it. it. But oh. the largest city is Toronto. <laughs> has, uh, there, has there ever been a petition? Have like any Toronto people been like, we should move the capital here. There's more people here. Who goes to Ottawa anymore? Uh, so this might not be like the most true thing I've ever said, but I'm pretty sure it's fact-ish the it, it was going to be toronto or the capital was but um during the war of 1812 they had to move it because of um y- you can basically see toronto from the states more or less oh, across lake ontario um and I th- niagara on the lake was also like a spot that could have been capital but again it was way too close to the border during some pretty contentious times in our history um, so yeah, Ottawa is it. We have a great time there. It's cold. Um, I read something that it was like this. It's the second coldest capital or something on earth. What? I, I I thought there was other ones that were colder, but I'll have to dive deep into. Oh, you know one. what? That's perfect to use in real life because it's starting to get cold around here. So people can be like, "Ooh, it's cold out there." You can say, "Hey, you know what? It could be in Ottawa, the second coldest capital in the world." Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and people will be like, "I don't know what an Ottawa is." <laughs> Um, is Haley? I have a question. Is there East Coast West Coast Canadian drama? Like, like, oh, West Coast sucks. Yeah. East Coast is the best. Is there a, is there a Tupac and yeah. Biggie esque rivalry? Um, not as much. Like, I, there is like some. It's it's more like everyone hates Ontario. Why? Uh, I don't know. What? Because we're in the middle, and you know, we have the most funding. We have like most people come to see us. And it's like for what reason? Like Toronto's fine, but it's like not that great. I'm sorry, Torontonians. Mm. Not it's not that great. Um, but I love the East Coast. I'm partial to it. I went I went to university out there. Uh, the West Coast is very nice. Um, but if I had to pick, I'd pick East Coast. Sorry. Mm. Um, our official languages are English and French. Um, the only province that is super duper bilingual is new brunswick oh not even quebec quebec is straight french like they they do everything in french oh gotcha so the only one that really operates on like stands on both halves of that river is new brunswick yeah every sign in new brunswick has french and english oh interesting huh 
Why is there? I'm sure there's a historical reason for that. Is it because it's, I don't know, like colonized by both? It touches yeah, Quebec. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Well, I guess History. so. This this can be applied to Survivor a bit, though, right? Because it's like you need to stay flexible. If you're someone like Tommy, who's trying to, you know, make everybody happy, you sort of have to be able to speak both languages, strategically speaking. You have to be the new Brunswick. <laughs> so, okay, beautiful, beautiful work, Michael. Really <laughs> extrapolating on what I'm giving you. Get him. an extra point. So if we had to... Uh, to make it more relevant to your podcast. <laughs> to try to tie this in in some way. <laughs> to to um, like, do what you wanted me to do, but I'm, not, I'm just giving you a fun fact. <laughs> so let's read a Wikipedia page. Um, okay, so then Tommy would be the new Brunswick. Uh, if we had to assign mm. people different groups. So then, okay, so Tommy's from New Brunswick. Then I guess you would put are like Jack, Jamal, and Molly from Quebec then? Because they're like, mm. they're like, they're, oh no, who do people hate? I guess uh, if everybody hates uh, Ontario. No, I feel like that's a pretty, pretty apt comparison. Mm. Quebec as like the the three that are just like on their own, you know, kind well, of. I, like, well, I was we like, do our own thing. No, but I, I was with Leona. I thought that uh, Molly, Jamal, and Jack would be Toronto, and then Lauren, Kelly, and Janet would be Ottawa. Of like, hey, you want you guys to be the capital? No, we're the capital now. We're voting out Molly. Oh, that's fair. yeah, and yeah, if that's yeah, because that's is and Ottawa's like right on the border, right, of Quebec and um ontario so it kind of makes sense because they could like go between the two okay well then what is nora and jason what uh are they are they a territory <laughs> they like the north like newfoundland okay Ooh, i like that because they have like they just are so goofy and so like out there that everyone's like okay what are these weirdos doing hmm. where is tom laidlaw from isn't he from toronto he's yeah he's from like i think markham which is just like outside of toronto yeah okay um about 80% of our population lives within 100 kilometers, a.k.a. 62 miles of the U.S. border. Okay, always like a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, so I feel I find that's pretty crazy. But it's also like, you want to live where it's warmer, right? Uh, and we, most, we mostly use the metric system, as I uh, gave you the distance in kilometers. But if you were to ask me my height, I would say I'm 5'3". Oh. <laughs> so we really so it, straddle that line. Yeah, I know that happens in uh in the UK as well. And you know, feel free to correct me those from across the pond in my mentions. I believe it's something like when you're measuring distance in the UK, if it's if you're driving, you use miles, but if you're walking, you use kilometers. So I feel like that happens around the world in terms of just the discrepancies between measurements depending on what the use is. Yeah, like we te- we're technically metric system, but like I understand the temperature in Fahrenheit rather than Celsius. But, you know, that's that's the joys. Um, Canada has a smaller population than the state of California. Really? By, like, a lot. Uh, is What's the most populous state? Is it California? I think so. Yeah, I'd assume so. Most pop... Okay. Um, that's not a lot of people. No, we we're pretty small. Our density is uh, you know, high and tight. Yeah. yeah, a lot of land but small number of people. Hmm. What are you, what are you guys going to do with all that we, land? Uh apparently everyone wants to cut down all of the trees for more things. <laughs> uh oh, does know. that mean does that mean they're filming Survivor Canada soon? <laughs> I don't think so. Too cold up here for that. <laughs> I don't know. No, no There's a lot of suggestions on the uh, Survivor Facebook page to uh, make a cold season of Survivor. So 
Yeah, but then Tyler Perry's going to be like, how can we put them in their underwear then? They're going to freeze to death. Yeah, that's true. Wait, what is the population of Canada? Let us look it up. I didn't put that in my oh, Okay, just the, com- what just the comparison. Well, actually, that's how I do all my number comparisons is relative to other things. I'm like, how many eggs do I have? I don't know, but more than the number of people in my family. Um, uh, there's 37 million people in Canada and there's 39 million in yes, California. Okay, I see that. What a wild time to wow. be alive. Um, what else do I have for you? I've got a lot of facts. Just tell me if the facts are Okay, I think the facts I'm um, going to go with... Sorry, I'm just thinking ahead. The facts I want to go with... Yeah, I, I like this. Let's, let's talk about what we're going to bring this week into our conversations from Haley's fantastic uh, statistics about Canada. Yeah, I think I like the second coldest capital in the world is a fun one. Although, we, do we know if that's actually true? I'm not sure. No, I've, you know, I've heard that um, Mongolia has like the the most gold capital in the world and then something else i read was moscow and then i've heard Reykjavik is the coldest but i don't know so we have to do some deep diving into that one okay um so then i guess my other one that i liked were more people in california than there are in canada i think that's a fun one um that's a great everybody one. hates ottawa or uh, ontario um maybe should be another yeah. fun fact i mm. don't know yeah and this is one that could apply to survivor Alberta has been rat-free for over 50 years, and you should play your game rat-free. what? How how do you get, like, a Pied Piper? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how it's possible. We'll have to ask Kirsten. Um, But, yeah, they've been rat-free for a very long time. What does that even mean? I I feel like if I... They don't have rats. Because I feel like if I give that fun fact, I have to be able to back up. Because I have so many questions myself. All right, me, uh, all right. Well, I'll figure it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna personally go with the uh, ever changing uh, capital ideas between Ottawa and Ontario back in the day. I feel like I have a use for that, so that's gonna be the one that I have in my pocket. Though I think second coldest capital is again something that's really easy to glom onto, even if it's not exactly true. Okay, mm. I'm gonna give you two more fun facts that I think are gonna work well in your everyday conversation. Okay. Canada is the world's largest exporter of maple syrup. And Canada has more likes than the rest of the world combined. Has more lakes? More likes? Yes. Oh, I heard likes. Lakes. <laughs> but this isn't like a Facebook post. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Facebook page for Canada has more. the most likes out of any country. <laughs> and I think that means something at the UN, so take that. Uh, more lakes than the rest of the world combined? I guess yeah. that makes sense with the northern part of Canada, right? It's just like a bunch of lakes. <laughs> pretty yeah, much do, do the great lakes count as u.s territories or canadian territories or do they share it we share except like michigan that's all yours hmm. that's like kind of because it's named is it's named after a state <laughs> well no it's just it's all right. in it is it oh man yeah lake michigan is all in the u.s Oh, yes. No, you're right. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so instead of... Oh, I'm a Great Lakes expert, believe me. So out of homes, you guys just get hoes, and we get the M. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Okay, that took me a second, but yes, because the it's an acronym, right, for remembering the names of the Great Lakes, yes. I don't know if I've ever heard that acronym. Oh, really? Really? Homes. I just know them, I guess. Because I'm, like, surrounded by them, so I just... We we're a Great Lakes place here in Niagara. Hose. 
Yeah, we've got all the hoes. Uh, well, the land of all the hoes and 37 million people. Haley, thank you for bringing this lesson to us. I <laughs> I hope it's been okay. I'm going to do this today. I, I'm I, excited. I, I had fun with this. I hope people had fun with this as well. Because I'm, I'm, I think we'll, we'll bring back some lessons and see uh, what people have to say. Hopefully some people out there have learned as well about many lessons about Canada, the land of Tom Laidlaw, that they can bring into conversations maybe with Tom Laidlaw. To break the ice because uh, so, he's want to do that as a hockey player. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to memorize these, but I also have a feeling like I'm gonna write them on my hand. But then you know how it's gonna smudge a little bit, and I'm gonna be like, you know, uh, I'll do the oh, did you know that Canada has more <laughs> likes than the rest of the schmurl? Yeah, now I put that idea I can, in your I can head. Send you, you know? I can email you my Word doc if you want. <laughs> be like, well, let me tell you. You can just keep it in your pocket at all times and unfold it. Be like, listen, I mean, that, Canada. It reminds me of uh, like bringing a list of conversation topics to talk about on a first date. Like, let me unfold my list of Canadian factoids. <laughs> yeah, all about Canada. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's going to go over really well. Real well. I think it would. People like Canada. Yeah. And they never think about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I do like Canada. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to hear about this. Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. And we are back. So let's keep on keeping on. All right, well, let's get into... Uh, Haley provided a bit of a game with her Canadian factoids. Let's get into our first game of the podcast that I like to call Do You Nora Nora? So, Nora was around a lot of this episode. We saw it on the next time on, but I don't think any of us expected the Nora that we saw over the course of episode two. Luckily, she remains in the game to live another day and assumingly bring some more entertainment to our screens for weeks to come. What I thought I would do in honor of one of the very first B&B games we did, Pat Chat, around uh, the great Patrick Bolton from Survivor Triple H, I've come up with a quiz about stuff that Nora did this episode. It's multiple choice. We're going to go back and forth and see which one of you was paying more attention to what Nora did this episode. Before we get into it, uh, Haley, what have your thoughts been about Nora two episodes in? She is a person that I probably would not much enjoy living with, I'd say. She um entertaining television, uh, a nightmare roommate. Yeah, I think that's a good description. She is intense and I definitely got that from listening to her preseason um interview and reading some of the preseason uh content and uh and I think we're just seeing it uh, completely unfold in front of us. Uh but that being said, uh, good TV. So let's get into it, and uh, we'll start with you, Liana. So again, it's a multiple-choice question. So which one of these was not one of Nora's complaints about Vokai when she woke up the next morning and started to berate them? A, people don't bring back enough firewood. B, people don't collect coconuts while they're on their walks and their little talks. (laughs) C, people's attitudes are too chill. D. People are keeping her up with their talking all night. Ooh. Um, well, she was up all night tending the fire, so I'm going to go with D. 
That is correct. Yes, there's a whole montage of Nora just sort of talking to whoever might be listening about her complaints about the tribe. And she really is focused around the firewood for a bit. But then she talks about not collecting coconuts. But when you go on your little walks and your little talks, and she also says everyone's their attitudes are a little too chill. Like, yeah, man, let's just relax. Nora's really big into the hand motions, and I'm here for it. Oh, man, let's just chill. Chilly and have a good time. <laughs> I will also say that um, Nora also was delivering half of these complaints with food in her mouth, mm. which I think she's more than fine with, though I wonder if someone had done it to her, what she would have felt about it. Not happy is my guess. All right, so Haley, uh, Nora's complaints move from the Vokai tribe at large to her ultimate target here in Miss Molly Byman, which is not one of the things that Nora said about Molly. A, she's a catty popular girl. B, she's sneaky. C, she has the men in the palm of her hand. D, she knows how to talk and charm. Oh, this is tough. I'm going to go with C. That is correct. It was not Nora yes. who said that, but uh, it was Janet and Kelly, Ooh. specifically Janet, who accused her. That's where the uh, poverty, I don't know, 7.0 comparisons came in at that point, which again, uh, she talked to me about this in her exit press. Molly's a little incredulous as to that, considering there was no evidence from it. But yes, Nora uh, accuses Molly of being one of those catty popular girls who all the guys love, but she can see right through it. She's sneaky. Uh, she can toss her hair and everyone uh, gets charmed by her. So. She had her number from the very get-go. All right, Liana, back to you here. Nora is going to commiserate with Jason throughout the course of this episode. What word does Nora not (laughs) use to describe herself and Jason? A, losers. B, misfits. C, underdogs. D, nerds. I have no idea. Um... Okay, what was it? Losers, misfits, underdogs, and nerds? Yep. Ooh. I, uh, I'm gonna go with underdogs? I'm sorry, Ooh. she did not call them losers. Uh, I, I felt like that it was a really strong word, but I felt if anyone's gonna use it, it would be Nora. No, she's much too, like, uh, motivational to call herself, oh, even true. herself, a loser, you know? That's right. And she wants to bring Jason up as well. <laughs> yeah, that's super funny, knowing that Nora uh, thinks that Jason, or, like, Jason reminds Nora of her ex. So it's very interesting to, like, watch them interact with each other. Yeah, because she's very much like, oh, Jason, you're great. To the point where, like, even Jason had to post on the internet, like, no, I'm married. Yeah. Nora and I are not together. <laughs> Wow. And now now this really says a lot about maybe what Nora did when she got back to the States and maybe she has an epiphany with her own ex-boyfriend. All right, Haley, let's go back to you here. So in one scene, Nora makes Vokai do a yoga routine. Part of the yoga routine was something surprisingly calisthenic where she made them raise their hands up and down several times. How many times did Nora make Vokai raise their hands up and down? A, 10. B, 20. C, 30, D, 50. I think it was 20. No, Nora made them raise their hands up and down 50 times. Yikes. No, if I would, no, 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 no. Listen, no. If I'm not eating, I am not expending any extra energy on lifting my hands up and down. No, thank you. Uh, Also, 
That would make me dizzy. <laughs> if I hadn't eaten in days, I get dizzy if I, if I haven't had a snack in the last hour. Like, if I was doing that, I'd be passed out on the ground. <laughs> like, oh, uh, we need a medevac. What'd she get medevac for? Doing yoga? <laughs> Yeah, uh, exactly. That's absolutely what would okay. happen. Oh, uh, it was well, so funny though, because in that scene is I love that yoga scene. Even revisiting it, I was laughing out loud. And what part is well when Nora's like, okay, we're gonna do this fifty times, and I think somebody's just like fifty, just like they went completely along with this coach cheese style. But even they have their limits when it comes to doing this. I know everyone's reactions to that scene was so good in the background. Just like, what the hell is going on? And. I I don't know. People out there, correct me. Maybe I'm wrong. I go to yoga like four to five times a week. I've been going for a while. I have never been in a yoga class where I've had to put my arms in goalposts and put them up and down 50 times or any times for that like matter. So anyway, I was very confused by this whole this whole yoga class that they were having to do. I felt terrible for the people out there. Listen, Nora is enterprising. She it really brings raise the roof into an exercise format. That's right. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to raise the roof. <laughs> also, this isn't in the quiz, but that's followed up with her uh, doing it looked like mountain climbers saying she was uh, stimulating her parasympathetic nervous system, which, Liana, you might need to fact check us on. There's just this great moment where she gets hit by a wave in the middle of her speech, which is just even Mother Nature's like, give it a rest, Nora. Yeah, no, that was really great. And because she's like facing out towards the ocean, I remember, and everybody standing behind is just like, F this noise. (laughs) I am not here for this. All right, uh, let's go back to you, Liana. So Nora finishes her yoga session by touching her prayer hands to each person and saying what? A. Namaste. B, bravo. C, thank you. D, you're welcome. Oh, man, I don't remember this at all. Um, I'm going to go with bravo. That is correct. Okay, I remember being something weird, but I didn't remember exactly what. Yeah, it was really strange. She went to me first, she went bravo, bravo, which is like, I I don't know if I need like an an, uh, applause, you know, I don't know if I need an ovation for doing yoga, but I appreciate it like this. Ah, bravo, brava. (laughs) There's also a great moment. Again, I didn't put this in the quiz, but the boat shows up right after it. And Nora approaches the boat and she goes, great timing after yoga. Oh, my God. What an interesting lady she is. It's just like, I just love that she's like, she thinks it was like in the car that the boat's like, oh, they're done with yoga. Okay, time to come around. And also, Dan uh, does give the prayer hands, the bravo hands to the boat guy who delivers the message, (laughs) which I think is very like tongue in cheek because Nora was in the shot as well. Oh, that's so funny. I love little things like that. All right. So we're flash forwarding to later in the episode. Haley, after losing the immunity challenge, Nora pleads with Jack, Jamal and Molly, the uh, Ontario folks, to be kept. What does she not say in her pitch? A, she wants to keep it in their hands and avoid the back and forth. B, she just wants to communicate that she wants to be there. C, she will help rally the votes against Jason. D, she's a very loyal person and will do what they tell her to do. I feel like she didn't say she'd rally the votes against Jason. That is correct. Uh, Yes, she did not. She basically said everything but, yes, I will vote for Jason, to the point where Jamal said, okay, can you convince us why we should vote for Jason and not you? And she did not answer the question. 
Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, I guess she was trying to show that she was loyal, and this was sort of a demonstration of that, that she wasn't going to throw him under the bus. But at the same time, if it comes down to me and you, like, uh, I'm getting my shoving hands out because you're going under that bus. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what she could have done because it seemed like Molly was trying to already stack the deck against her. And you could see another type of conversation where they'd be like, well, she really isn't loyal then if she just threw Jason under the bus. But yeah, at the same time, you were just in such a survival mode at this point and showing so much desperation that like you should want to just tell them anything. Though at the end of the day, Nora ended up staying and maybe that loyalty is going to pay off in some Mm -hmm. way. All right. Hey, uh, Liana, let's go back. Oh, sorry. Who was it? It was. Yes, Liana. My turn. As, As Nora and Jason talk over the plan against Molly, what piece of pop culture is not mentioned? A, the Breakfast Club. B, Freaks and Geeks. C, Footloose. D, Revenge of the Nerds. What was A again? The Breakfast Club? Okay, mm-hmm. so I remember B and C were definitely both mentioned. So it's either A or D. Um, but I can't remember which. I'm going to go with A. That is correct. The Breakfast Club, even though it features a nerd, was not mentioned. So yeah, obviously... Uh, Nora says it's Revenge of the Nerds. Jason then says it's Freaks and Geeks. And then when Nora just can't help dancing, Jason declares that this is Footloose officially. I love that. No dancing. (laughs) This is like Footloose. Stop dancing. Yeah. And and I love that Nora, like, she couldn't she couldn't help it. She just keeps doing it even after Jason tells her not to. And now she's just so excited because this is like Freaks and Geeks, man. All right. Haley, this one's for you. What did Nora not do at Tribal Council? A. Tell Jeff Probst she doesn't like to stick in. B. <laughs> flip her flip her hair when Molly brought her torch up to get snuffed. C. Say she likes to tread water until she drowns. D. Get a spark from the torch in her hair and quickly brush it out. Uh, what was the what was C? Uh, say she likes to tread water until she drowns. And what was A? Tell Jeff that she doesn't like to stick in. Holy shit. I'm pretty sure the hair flip happened. No, wait, maybe it didn't. Oh, no, it happened, right? Okay, and then I know she caught her hair on fire. That was amazing. Um, But both of those things sound exactly like something she'd say. Uh, I'm going C. I'm sorry, she did not ah. flip her hair. She didn't? No, she was surprisingly resolute as her worst enemy, Molly, brought her torch up. Uh, But yeah, she did tell Jeff that she doesn't, you know, she usually, uh, she sticks out a lot. She doesn't like to stick in. And she also said in terms of her work ethic, uh, she loves to tread water. She never takes a break. She'll basically tread water until she drowns. (laughs) The the only one I remember was that I don't like to stick in because I wrote that quote down because I thought it was so funny. (laughs) It's like the opposite of sticking out. You're going to stick, stick sticking in. in. Like, oh, phrasing, Nora, phrasing. Yeah, but what does that mean? Like, if you have an any belly button, is that sticky sticking in? <laughs> sticking in? I don't know. I think it's, okay, if sticking out, like, oh, they they stick out, stand out. Stick out? Is stick out a phrase? Yeah. No. They stand out. Like, st- oh, yeah. Sti- oh, it yeah. sticks out. Oh, it sticks out. Like, it sticks out in your brain. Okay. Yeah, or like, it sticks out like a... Uh, Hey, this thing is sticking out from your car. Oh, uh, you well, might want to get it checked out. Okay, sure. I guess I meant like in a social situation, right? Like, oh, this person stands out, right? So can you stick out? Mm-hmm. So then if you stick in, 
But I said, I guess she just, she doesn't like to stick in. So she likes to stand out if it's the opposite. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I also, I, I really love that one moment where she gets the spark from the torch in her hair. It's, it's so subtle, but I love like just the frenzied response. Where she's like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. I don't want my head to catch on fire at my first tribal council. Like, man, what a faux pas. Yeah, that would have been the ultimate way to to not stick in would be for your hair to catch on fire. Right. Uh, yeah. In addition to getting medivac for doing yoga, now you're getting medivac for lighting your hair on fire. Well, congratulations, Liana. You have edged out Haley three to two. You do Nora Nora more. But I feel like we all got to Nora Nora over the course of this episode. And I was supremely entertained, as well as a lot of people. And I cannot wait to see what else she's going to bring us. Uh, in the future much like her hair for that one second she is on fire mm-hmm. well uh well actually speaking of hair um i want to talk about the hair idol that kelly did because Haley, i need your thoughts on this because i don't know how she did that or felt comfortable with that as someone who has long hair i mean i can throw like i can put it in a bun but like how does one do that Haley? please explain to me i'm i'm not sure because i <sighs> Oh, God, because my hair is pretty light, so I don't think anything could hide in there super well. Uh, how much volume does your hair need and like how thick does it need to be? It's pretty wide. I, I, it was pretty mind blowing to me as well. And she was like, oh, yeah, it's in my hair. I was like, uh, how? How? Yeah. Well, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess she I mean, because you would think initially just like put it in your bag or put it somewhere. But I guess she really wanted to go in with like that big, you know, extravagant session of like, just search me. You know, I don't have an idol and I, I'm horrified that you think I do. And everyone's like, no, no, don't worry. It's OK. We don't need to search you. So I guess that's why she kept it in her hair. But I wonder if this idea would have worked better back in like 2010 Survivor. Remember when bumpets were a thing? <laughs> do you think that someone could have hid their idol in their hair then and just called it like a bumpet? Oh, man, I have a total reason to bring bumpets back now. Let's do it. <laughs> um that would have been so much better um if uh if it had been a bump it or like i don't know if you remember when you would like tease the front of your hair up so it wasn't like an actual bump it was in there but you would like tease your hair up so in the front like right by your forehead would be like this lump of hair i don't am i the only one that it was like a thing i didn't personally do it but i know okay, what you're right, talking about okay so yeah i mean that could be a situation it just felt it even felt though like her ponytail the little bun in the back it just felt too small because mike did you guys get to see the idols that are out on the island of the idols like the because the, they no, are they smaller but i mean the package i mean i'm assuming it, the, the idols that we picked were actually pretty small i mean the actual like totem on the necklace itself is pretty small and if you wrap it up i'm assuming it, it's a pretty small size so i'd assume the idols on IOI are the same thing. I mean, the package that Rob presented like seemed like the size of a lighter almost. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, it makes sense in terms of size and that could easily be hidden in your ponytail, but it's so precarious. I mean, Kelly even mentions in the episode, like if people bumped up against it like three or four times, we could have very easily had another poop <laughs> idol situation a la Australian Survivor. Yeah, that's like kind of what I was expecting. I was like, oh no, don't shine this up. Um, Okay, well, uh, tangential but related question. Did you guys buy her fake crying? Because you yes. did? I don't know. It seems a little fake to me. Yeah. I, I get where you're coming from that it felt a little fake, but I am yeah, a sucker. Okay. So you would have believed yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, I think she's someone considering that she, like, I think had she not cried on IOI after winning, 
I would be less suspecting, but it just makes me feel like she was so overcome by so many emotions. Part of them being, I can't believe I'm getting away with this. Part of them being, oh my God, I might be getting in trouble for it, that she does legitimately, you know, break down. And, you know, they are going nearly a week without a lot of food at this point. I know that Queen Janet has already made them fire and they're probably getting some food, even though it doesn't have any spices to uh, spice things up. But I could imagine some genuine emotion there. But I'm also a sucker when it comes to like people expressing emotions on Survivor, whereas I know the players themselves are sometimes like, I wasn't buying that sob story for a minute. Yeah, I thought Jamal had sort of uh, a skeptical look on his face when she was crying, and I really thought we were going to get a confessional from him later saying, you know, oh, I don't know if I buy this, blah, 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 whatever. Which, again, everybody's terrible lies about what the Island of the Idols is, is just, I don't understand at all. It makes no sense to me why you would lie about it when it's it's such an easily disprovable lie as soon as somebody else goes. Right. Especially because now they're ma- it seems like they're making an effort, not necessarily, you know, to have a different person go every time. But I feel like the random draw, which I will say I'm hoping they stop doing soon because I talked about this last week. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the completely blind even to the audience random draws to who's going next i don't know how i feel about that being a mechanism to bring everyone to the island each and every time but it really opens up you know the list of possible candidates it's not going to be like another sugar or candace situation where someone goes like five times in a row and can keep the secret but yeah and i know again it's, it's continued the conversation as to you know whether or not they were forced to by production to lie about this. I think what I personally settled on based on what I heard preseason of what I've watched is that Rob and Sandra basically told them like, Hey, you know, we'd like to keep this a secret. You can say whatever you want. If we were to lie about it, this is what we would say. Mm-hmm. And I think that both Elizabeth and Kelly so far have taken that narrative. I guess the question is, do they think they can lie about it? Or is it just like something that, Much like in that first episode when Rob's like, oh, you should have held out. I could have offered more, which Kelly was able to do this episode. Do they not know that that's an option? Yeah, I don't know. I think there's still a lot to uncover about uh, about the island of the idols. Uh, but yeah, the, the the random draw is just super funny to me. Like, and you're gonna just pick names out of a bag. Like, maybe this is the Renat fan of me, but like, get a wheel at least. I don't know, make it slightly more exciting. Um, the I think the only issue is they're afraid that if they show the name, that person's gonna get voted yeah, right. out. You know, like like if they had picked Aaron. And then Lyro loses that immunity challenge and Aaron goes and it's like, Ooh. oh, crap, who's going to go now? <laughs> right. Yeah, that, I guess that's true. Respin the wheel. Um, OK, well, speaking of keeping things a secret, there is another show on television that may be airing at the same time as Survivor that is all about keeping secrets. And that is The Masked Singer. Now, I have been covering The Masked Singer with Puya Zanbakili uh, on reality TV Rehap Ups, and we've been talking about everything this season. And so maybe just my passion for it. But I wanted to bring a little bit of The Masked singer here to Survivor. Now, we actually played this game before. I think we played it last season, um, but it's called The Masked Survivor. So what I've done is I've taken confessional clips from this episode of Survivor. I have modulated the voices, and it's going to be up to the two of you to guess which person said this quote. So we're going to go back and forth. Um, Mike, we can start with you. You'll be the first guesser. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, that's what we're going to do. And I'm excited. Before we get into it, Haley, have you been indulging in the mass Singer this season? 
Um, I look up clips later on and watch about uh, 10 to 15 seconds of it. And then I exit that clip. Nice. I don't watch mm-hmm. it, but I slightly partake in it. So you're like, you're basically bringing back Vine single-handedly by like watching your own content <laughs> eight seconds at a time. Yeah, it's kind of like, I, you know, like I've heard that song before. I can tell right away if the person is like a decent singer or not. And like, am I going to stick around? Like, did I watch every single one of the Monsters songs last season? Yeah. Absolutely. T-Pain was wonderful. Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Mass Singer season one. He was wonderful and I was blown away by it. But like this season, I haven't come across anyone yet where I'm like, oh my God, I need to listen to the full thing mm-hmm. of this. Have you listened to the thingamajigs? His like style is in Monster. Like if I mean it's not quite T Pain, but uh but that that might be Yeah, you know what? I that was the one yeah. I was most impressed by. He did he did uh what song did he just do? Uh he did Easy. Yeah, that was like I was like, Oh yeah, this is yeah. this is yeah, good. That was a good one. Oh, it's so fun. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's get into our game, The Masked Survivor. So, Mike, if you can play clip number one. Everybody's saying the right things, but I don't trust anybody at all. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, that's not going to happen. And unfortunately for them, their day will come. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Mike, you can play it again if needed, but that was your quote. Who said the quote about being fooled once and twice? It's not going to happen. <laughs> Is is there an animal that can or a, a creature that can go along with this? Uh I did not come up with names um for this uh because I did this late last night. So <laughs> All right. I'm going listen, that's no excuse. I feel like the mass singer people came up with their identities at the last <laughs> minute, hence thingamajig. Right, that's very true. All right. This will be thingamajig too. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna get a family of thingamajigs uh in this episode. Uh I believe that was Aaron who mangled the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. That is correct. It was Aaron. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. It was like it reminded me of the George Bush quote. Um, so. Uh, so, yes. All right. So, Haley, this next quote is for you. Alliance going out. We're trying to be this unsuspecting alliance who kind of move the vote underneath the radar. I think we're really impressed with ourselves and surprised that we're we're handling this so well. Wow. Uh, um. Gosh. Sorry. I have to. I have to pop up a, a list of the cast. <laughs> uh, well, if it help, if it helps you, this character's name is Bright Full Moon. Okay, I'm just gonna scroll through, and I know it was this person who definitely said it mm-hmm. and that person who said it was jamal that is correct yes. <laughs> why why is he yes, the bright it, full moon uh because he's got large nipples <laughs> <laughs> yeah like absolutely i would have gone there <laughs> i don't know so uh spoiler alert for the mass singer podcast uh puya and i play this game that he put together that's the king of the mass singer which is the original show that the mass singer was based off of um and it's a korean show and they have some pretty crazy names for their characters so that's where i'm pulling these names from so spoiler alert wait so he has moon-sized nipples that's what is that what you're alluding to <laughs> yep <laughs> that was the first thing that popped into my head as i read these of course it was. So because he has really large nipples. And that's what someone said uh, in the preseason um, that he was the king of the nipple people. So large nipple people or something like that. 
<laughs> oh, maybe uh, that's why they said, okay, you have the king of the of the nipple people, you have the queen of the nipple people, and the jack of the nipple people. And the that's right. Uh, that was the the alliance name that was left on the cutting room floor. They went with cool kids instead. It's actually all just ad lib, like they recorded it in uh, later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, all right. you, you knew that Nora was like, hey, look, we got to get rid of these nipple people. They need to be taken exactly. down. I can't I can't even with these nipple people. Uh what a bunch of nerds. Okay. Uh let's go to quote number three. Mike, this will be your guess. The biggest threat right now is Molly. And a blind man could see that these three are running the game. Why get out the people like Nora and Jason when I can use them and I don't have to be sheep and be herded and be told what to do? All right. I'm going to go with I mean a lot of people said that about the, the Molly. But I feel like the tone at which that confessional was delivered, I tried to read past the auto-tuning. Was it Lauren? Yes, that's correct. Um, so she gave that really great confessional about um, about going after them and not wanting to be herded like sheep, which I thought was really great. So yes, that was Lauren. I also like the uh, Lauren confessional. I think it was right before this where she like laughs at herself. Which is, I don't know, I feel like that happens a lot in confessionals, but it's not often shown. Uh, but I, I like that side of Lauren as well. Is that, I mean, she told me, I got the sense from my interview with her that, like, she is super bubbly, but she is willing to play in that fourth gear from the get-go. And I'm glad she's showing that this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited about her. It was fun to see her make this move. And then also just, like, her in general, her demeanor, I think, is, is really captivating. So, all right, this next quote is for Haley. Chelsea, within like two minutes, she had the fire going. It shocked us, shocked me for sure. Aaron and I, we were both really happy she started a fire, but it was like, great job getting that fire going. You just ruined my male ego for the rest of my life. Uh, that was Tom. Yes, that's correct. Tom Laidlaw. Can we, can we stop uh, down and talk for a second? Because <laughs> I want to get Haley as the expert, not only as the Canadian with the facts, but just as the Canadian general. Because I, Josh made a great point on The Wiggle Room that I feel like Tom Laidlaw is a very underrated character, even through two episodes, mm-hmm. and I think that quote is a great example. But Haley, what, what's been your take on Tom so far, especially as the representation of the first ever Canadian on Survivor? I know, this is wild that he's like the first, well, like touted Canadian. He's not like the first person with a Canadian citizenship to ever go on Survivor. But um, I don't know, like I'm surprised that he's the one they chose. I don't know. I'm kind of liking him so far. Obviously, you know, his style's a little more old school. Um, but I think he's fun and like I mean, of course they pick somebody who is a hockey player, right? Like I feel like that's so typical. It's like we need this. If we're going to have a Canadian, we have to live true to the stereotypes. Like, sorry, we can only <laughs> do hockey players and employees of Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't he he lives in Connecticut, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like, know. N- yeah, come on. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. I I think he's really funny because he sort of got these like little quips and sort of funny comments. Um, so I think he's he's there for like little fun sound bites, and I, I appreciate that. I was not expecting him to be such a character. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's a low expectations kind of thing. But um, I, I I kind of agree because I I kind of thought he'd just be like, you know, one of the pro athletes where it's just. Kind of boring but right, he's, yeah. he's been fun right yeah he's, he's, he's more on the jeff kent side of that spectrum than like a cliff robinson you know in terms of mm-hmm. like being a surprising character uh given his pro athlete status yeah and i will absolutely. say um ethan is a big hockey fan and he didn't know who tom laidlaw was 
But then he asked his father, like, hey, Tom Laidlaw, you know who that is? And he's like, yep, I do. So, like, that's kind of the generational. It's mm. not like our generation of hockey players, obviously, at 60 years old, but. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, quote number five. Mike, this is for you. We have the cool kids, there's the nerds. As my parents would always say, hang out with the right crew. This crew over here is the cool lunch table. And I want to be there because I want to hang out with them. However, is the cool kids table what's best for us and my future? Which one is going to get me the Survivor Million Dollars? I know that one is Tommy because I noted him saying Survivor Million Dollars because it's such a weird phrase. That whole quote is just full of so many gems. Like the way he says nerds and crew and then the whole thing, what's best for Monica was the only thing that I could think of. And he's like, but is the cool kids table what's best for me? You know, uh, it's lovely. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why, but the the idea of expressing survivor million dollars, I guess, as opposed to like lotto million dollars. Right. Like I never thought about using an adjective as the way to describe how you make your million dollars. Like, it's somehow different in some way, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I think, like, enterprising million dollars is different from challenge million dollars, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I think I'm going to use that now from here on out. It's the survivor million dollars. Um. All right. Uh, quote number six for Haley. I want to know how the timing came out. Was I the weakest person out here? Was I not the one who helped with all these things? We got back from tribal. My ass was like, maybe I should just be nice and be like, no, it's okay. It's just the game. But I was like, no, <laughs> like, that's not who I am. <laughs> uh, is it Nora? <laughs> No, it was Vince. I'm sorry. Wait, I want to hear this one more time because yeah, I yeah, really yeah. love because Vince has such a great way of talking. And I think putting him in high pitch makes it even more enjoyable. I want to know how the timing came out. Was I the weakest person out here? Was I not the one who helped with all these things? We got back from tribal. My ass was like, maybe I should be nice and be like, no, it's okay. It's just the game. But I was like, no, <laughs> that's not who I am. That's so cute. I know. I just <laughs> My ass, Sid. <laughs> yeah. The modulation, it really makes it wonderful. Um, so, yes. So that was Vince uh, at the beginning of the episode after they came back from Tribal Council. Yeah. Of course. Whoever of thought course. that, I, oh, of all the people who I thought who would pull a Rupert and say, like, who the hell voted for me, I did not think it would be Vince. Yeah. I thought that was very, I, I don't I mean, obviously, I don't know him all that well, but it seemed out of character. I guess. Mm, I don't know, because he did tell me in the preseason, because I asked him about like loyalty, and he's basically like, yeah, I'll be loyal to you until you betray me, and then I'm going to light your ass up. So I think that sort of is the mentality oh. he brought into that conversation, even if it's the, not the most like socially adept thing that happened. Mm, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, well, Mike, congratulations. You won the Mass Survivor game, although I have one final quote that I would like to play just for funsies. All right. You guys eaten anything yet on your truck? You guys talked about first vote yet? I actually went to college at BU. I went to a few Harvard parties. So have you made, like, coconut popcorn? You guys have frying pan? I've always wondered about chiropractors. Like, are they legit? I was laughing so hard at all the Boston Rob quotes. Oh, oh my God. I, I just love his, like, con chiropractor conspiracy theories of, like, are they legit? Like, what, yeah. what sort of, like, 
I don't know, dark web stuff is Boston, is Boston Rob investing in of saying like, oh, we're busting chiropractors wide open. They're a faulty science. Liana, you're a scientist. Are they legit? <laughs> I, I Aren't they like, uh, I think they're not, right? I don't know. Some people swear by them, uh, I, but I don't think they are. Um, I, know, so I don't I know. Maybe he's onto something. Cracked right about now. I think mm. also my favorite was uh, just one of them being frying pan. Yeah. Do you guys have a frying pan? And it was so funny because these quotes. So I had to like splice them all together. But it was interspersed with Sandra, like saying no, totally normal things, like, "Oh, you know, what's your boyfriend's?" And it, you know, like, uh, "I have two dogs." Blah blah blah. Like talking about all these things. She in has Boston's four office. dogs, Liana. I'm sorry for I would Actually, I would like not get the idol now, rest in peace. But. Yeah, RIP in peace. Um, yeah, I would obviously not get the idol. But anyway, it was just so funny, like all the random stuff that Boston Rob was talking about. Like, have you guys made coconut popcorn? <laughs> like, okay, I, I have tried uh, coconut popcorn. It's pretty damn amazing. Uh, but maybe maybe they, maybe they thought that was going to be the lesson was like teach her how to make coconut popcorn. Hmm, that sounds actually okay. I should try and make it. Do you just fry it? Right? Yep, you just fry it and it okay. tastes like popcorn. I, I will say. Uh, it might be compared to fried slop in terms of havoc. It might wreak on your digestive system, but going in, quite delicious. Okay. And Mike, do you find like no. you're you're watching this season with like a different lens almost because you met all of these people and like you watched them, yeah, and interacted with them, a hundred percent. Do you, yeah, and do you like love them more? Are you more protected? protective of them when people are talking s on Twitter? Honestly, kind of. Just because now I'm sort of seeing firsthand how because I. I very rarely like knew of people before going into a survivor season, you know? So this is the first time when I really got to know these people and it's not like we were BFFs, but now that I know who they are off screen to see them portrayed in a certain way, like I thought, again, it was really interesting how Molly sort of got this like catty popular girl moniker attributed to her when she definitely is not that. So I'm starting to really see, you know, how perceptions of people both on the island and off are so different from the actual person on screen, which is something that I've also been able to glean a lot from doing exit press uh, for a while. But yeah, it's, it's a really interesting lens to look at things now. All right. So, th- Liana, thank you for uh, bringing out both these clips and the Fulbright moon. You deserve a Fulbright scholarship for your work. <laughs> yeah, well, after the nipple comments, I don't think I'm in the running for that anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe in a certain community. Maybe in, like, the chiropractor-esque uh, janky science community, you might get a Fulbright scholarship for your nipple thesis. I need to measure nipple size. This is very important. All right, so I'm going to bring back a question I brought last week, because we scratched our brains saying, who the hell would say YOLO Let's Play? Liana, I don't think any of us thought it was going to be Kelly, right? No, we were so wrong. We thought it was going to be some white dude who was using uh, slang that has not been used in a long time. So, um, yeah, I, we were totally off base. So we thought we'd try it again. Let's let's keep striking here and hopefully we'll hit gold at one point instead of just panning for rocks. Because there is some more sort of like modern parlance in this next episode title. So we're going to try to figure out who said the next episode title. Honesty would be chill. So, Haley, do you have any ideas as to who would say that episode quote? Uh, I'm going to say Jack, because, you know, you guys mentioned it earlier on that he's kind of like this cool skater dude. And like, I feel like he'd be the most likely to say, like, honesty would be chill. 
Yeah, I I was going to kind of go in like a similar vein, like maybe with Dean, but Dean has been, I think I guessed him last week and he has been completely purple, at least thus far. So um, I'm going to skip over him. Honesty would be chill. I could also see someone like Nora saying that, though, too. Mm. Um, no, but she hates she hates the chill mentality of oh, that's right. No, you're She's right. She's very right. anti-chill. She's very warm. She's fiery. That's right. Okay, so then maybe it's the other people. So maybe it's, you know, uh, maybe it's not Jack. Maybe it's Jamal who says honesty would be chill. Mm. I'm thinking I'm going over to Missy here. I know that dope is her mm. expression of choice, but I feel like she would also use chill as well, right? She seems like that kind of person. Yeah, I could see her. I could see her saying chill. Like, oh, the, yeah, that's super chill. Um, I know it's definitely not Tom. <laughs> His, uh, my personal feeling on that. I don't know if you guys disagree. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I would say we can like sort of count out the Toms and Janets and Dans of the world when it comes to these types of titles. Yeah. Actually, I'm liking the Jack Jamal theory more now because, like, let's say I could see them coming back from Tribal Council and trying to say, like, you know, man, but some honesty would be chill. That sounds like such an awkward phrase, and I say it out loud. Uh, Honesty would be chill. I'll throw out another bite here. What about Chelsea? Because Chelsea has a very unique way of speaking. I feel like she, like she, in my interview with her, she was pulling the Paul Abrahamian and saying "your girl" a lot. I feel like she could throw chill in there. Yeah, girl. Um, I could see. So I could, I could see her saying it, but I just can't see foresee a situation where she would be in that. Where she would need to say it, I guess, at least in this next episode. Because I feel like she has a pretty solid alliance with the women. She feels pretty well insulated. She has that rando idol. Oh, yeah, she found that random idol, which felt like it came out of nowhere. I was like, I looked down for a second to keep taking notes. And I was like, what? Like, where did she get an idol? And then what, what so, I loved about anyway. that, I mean, for a number of reasons. One is that Chelsea is like just proves how much of a badass she is in one scene in as as uh you know the tom the mass tom said breaking everyone's male egos by making the fire in like literally two strokes of the flint but also she didn't even go out looking for the idol purposely she was you know she pulled an anti-jason she was out collecting firewood and just happened to find it in a tree trunk yes just keep your eyes open like that's great like do what you're supposed to be doing and just keep your eyes open. I, I loved it from Chelsea. I'm so excited. I love that we got, there was like some sort of like clip going on. It was like, yeah, like Survivor has been, you know, so male dominated. It's time for the women to rise up. And we've been getting that from like, from both tribes. So then it was cool to see like her find the idol immediately. And then uh, was she the one who started fire? Mm -hmm. And then another woman on did something that was pretty cool. It was like right in a row. It was great. I liked it a lot. Uh, I'm into Chelsea. Big fan. Big fan. Now, I think we, if we, if she does end up saying the quote, I petition that we call her Chelsea from now on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, I will agree to that. I like that. So now I'm. Can we get shirts that say that? Yes. Now, now I'm Johnny Fairplay. Get on the Chelsea t-shirt bandwagon. Now I'm really hoping that it's Chelsea just for that alone. <laughs> She'll see. Oh man! As long as it doesn't have some ugly picture on it, I'll wear it. Well, here, here, <laughs> no, it's no, it's just the word. Well, okay. here, here's an option that I think got brought up by our listeners that we didn't necessarily think of. Could Boston Rob or Sandra say honesty would be chill? No, no, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, just, I feel like Sandra could get away with saying chill. I, but would she? Would she try? 
I don't know. I just like I I guess because I have such a, a vision of how uh, the situation in which I feel this quote is said, where it's somebody who's trying to talk to allies and is trying to figure out like, like, just be honest with me. Like, honesty would be chill. That's how I feel. Um, and so I can't imagine Boston Rob or Sandra being in that situation where, you know, Sandra would be the one who would say it, although it does kind of fit her speech patterns. Yeah, I'm not. But that makes me makes me even think more that it was Jack because you know he kind of got blindsided along with Molly, right? Because he's in that mm-hmm. cool kid trio. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so I could see him being like, "Well, honesty would be chill," you know, it, wishing that somebody told him what was going on. Haley, mm-hmm. I, I know you said you were still kind of trying to figure out. You're not too chill on IOI at the moment. What are your thoughts on the uh, the Fallon booth, the Robin Sandra Heidi hole, two episodes in? The what? I'm sorry. The Heidi Hole, the the place where they are at Tribal Council. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, um, hilarious. I love it. It's stupid, and I don't understand, but I love it so much. I loved how they were blindsided as much as Jack and Jamal were at Tribal Council. It was yeah. It's just I I love it. I just wish we could get like a picture in picture live feed of their reaction as everything's happening oh. instead of just like a bump in every once in a while. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just put like a little picture and picture like in the bottom corner, because when uh, when Jason talks to Jamal about like not bringing his bag, the look between the two of them was so good. Like, ooh, yeah, I think, like Rob, I think Rob even said, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, yeah, a blind side was obviously in the work. So very appropriate. All right, let's move on here. So we'll put a pin as to whether or not we'll see who ends up saying honesty is she'll honestly. We were so blindsided by it this week, much like Rob and Sandra, that it really could be anybody. Let's move on to the way we end each and every episode of the RHAP B&B, the question of the week. Last week's question of the week, list your most ridiculous job that you would talk about at a tribal council, much like Ronnie did with uh, Dylan and Crypto as part of his many jobs that he listed out in the first tribal council. We got a lot of really fun answers here. Y'all have led some very very interesting and exotic lives to get uh, certain pieces of work on your resume that I would not have expected. Yeah, I'm really, as we started getting these in, they were just so funny to read. Like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? So I'm excited to hear all the responses. All right, first from Jennifer Jones. My weirdest job, while working at Chuck E. Cheese, I was sometimes, quote unquote, friends with Chucky. Once a child's karate chopped motioned at me and then said she wanted to decapitate me, Another kid tried to take off my head. Seems like a lot of kids going for Chuck E. Cheese's head. Maybe. Haley, uh, I know that Alberta is rat free. Does that include Chuck E. Cheese? I, yeah, I don't think Canada has any more Chuck E. Cheese's left. Hmm. I thought it was. I don't know if we had them. Oh, in the first place. Do you have any sort of like pizza parlors with, uh, I don't know, like uh, awkward, uncomfortable mascot inspired by a rat? No, we had one. I don't know if this was a chain or if it was hyper local, but I believe it was called Choo Choo Charlie's. Hmm. Uh, hmm. We went to a birthday party for my brother one time, but like I, by the time I was old enough to enjoy something like that, I don't think it existed anymore. We just, my mom, not a big, not into germs hmm. or places where kids could be germy. Like she wouldn't really like us to go into the play pit. Oh, at, was uh, your mother Kelly Kim? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, but yeah, I don't, I never remember going or enjoying anything like that. Mm. Jonathan Troyer says I operated six cameras at once using a very expensive robotic system, six to eight hours a day for about five hundred dollars a month. 
because I believed in the mission of what I eventually realized is a cult. <laughs> yeah, I was oh like, my. what? <laughs> That's crazy. So essentially, it's like the Five Nights at Freddy's video game. This guy is just sitting in this booth operating this these robotic series of cameras to watch, I guess, what was like a cult compound. I guess so. That's so crazy. Wow. Also, they should have paid you more, but I guess it was a cult. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. They were sort of funneling their money into other ventures. Uh, John Tinkham said, at Tribal Council, I would say that I twice had the job of filling envelopes with the test scores for people trying to become actuaries in the hope that Chrissy Hoffbeck was secretly watching in a spy shack and nodding along in approval. Yeah, that sounds horrible. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Filling envelopes just sounds like so boring. Um, It's a nightmare, I will tell you that, because, you know, it's so boring and automatic that you're like wait did i mess up six envelopes ago now i'm gonna have to go and figure out if i yeah. did that it does seem like one of those jobs where like your mind just wanders so much and that might be to the detriment of your job if you indeed do get something out of sorts mm-hmm. that's good for podcast you can listen if you can listen to podcasts while you do it then maybe you could survive but i mean in terms of like mundane tasks i think there's a lot of downtime on survivors so maybe you'd be used to just sort of you know that type of stuff so maybe that would help you yeah, but then people would be like, oh, he knows his way around envelopes. Maybe he has an advantage Ooh. in there. He's trying to tell us something. That's right. When he unfolded the envelope that had the tree mail in it, you know, oh, no, <laughs> he knows his way around envelopes. Uh, Parker Schindler says, for two years, I froze water for a living for atmospheric physics research. I just freeze water for ice cubes. So, you know, like that's uh, good for you. That's actually pretty cool. There's some I mean, actually, so not to. Well, spoiler alert. So my answer to this question was also related to science because that's pretty much all I've done my entire life. But we have this machine that essentially it's super expensive, but it's essentially just a really fancy stick. And then you poke stuff with the stick and then you make measurements about the thing that you're poking. So mine would be like something along the lines of, you know, like poked things with a hundred thousand dollar stick you know something like well, that see, so Liana, I, I that's, what, that's what sticking in is oh we uh comes full circle i'm gonna stick in i don't or i guess she doesn't like to stick in so she probably wouldn't like the research so i guess i guess i do uh dan sinansky says i was a dancing cross-dresser hustling on the street outside of a financial institution parentheses i was a sign waiver for liberty tech service and had to wear a statue of liberty costume I much prefer the first description of that situation. I agree. The vaguer, the better when it came to that. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Once I was like, oh, but it was a good, it was a good reveal, a reveal, if you will. Yeah, I do love just this idea of like, I don't know, someone like petitioning. I don't know. I guess if you uh, if you pretended to be like a cross-dressing lady of the night, would that get you more or less people to sign up for Liberty Tax Service? Depends about the type of people that you want signing up. I think you might attract a particular group of people instead. Maybe, maybe Although, people, people who don't want act, certain activities covered by their taxes would probably be the ones to most likely buy into that. Yes, exactly. Although, d- d- has anybody ever been like, oh, hey, that guy waving a sign. I think I'm going to go into that store. I wonder if it works. Hmm. Hmm. Good question. I'm not sure. Haley, have you ever been drawn in by signs? Uh, in- not unless they say, like, big sale, 75% off. Okay, so that works. They should do that. 75% off your taxes. Yeah, <laughs> just, put, just put the taxes in very small font. Yeah. Uh, Solcom Mally, not Molly, said, My weirdest job was as a survey girl at the mall. Constant rejection, embarrassing questions, and the only thing people got were coupons for a free cookie. I lasted three months. 
I'm so curious as to the embarrassing questions here. This act- three months is like a long time for that. I feel. Oh, you think the turnover is higher? Yeah, I feel like you do one shift, and after being rejected constantly, you're like, you know what? Not for me. I'm not. Gonna, I'm done. I'm done with this. Um, uh, that reminds me of the Brooklyn Nine Nine scene where uh, I think Andy is in the like a costume as a Greenpeace like worker, and it's like it's great because no one will ever talk to me. So that's what I imagine this is too. Is like no one wants to talk to you. Yeah, and I can imagine like having that be your job twenty four hours a day. It's pretty. You probably you feel like you're 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 not sticking in in that capacity, or maybe you Definitely. are because nobody is paying attention to you. That's right. Well, it's like you know you face enough rejection in your daily life. Like, do I really want that at work too? You know. Uh, Chrissa said the job I would say I had a tribal council would be this, uh, indicating a professional apologizer. Uh, and she actually brought up like a Google image of it that says uh, no one likes to apologize apart from maybe Justin Bieber. Shout out to Haley Canada. Saying sorry <laughs> is often tricky and awkward as you have to admit that you were wrong. All of this can now be avoided by hiring a professional apologizer who will take on all the guilt and shame for you. Haley, is there a market for people to, um, you know, be able to, to market themselves as professional apologists? I think so. Everyone just wants to hear sorry when, you know, things are messed up. But I feel like it would be demoralizing almost because you're like always feeling like you were wrong and had to, you know, take one of those, take a loss, even though it might not be actually your fault. Mm -hmm. Seems like this would work well with Salka Mally's job of the survey girl. Just have that for other uh, apologizer follow you around and then just like constantly be apologizing for the awkward situations. I don't know. I feel like this might be. Like, I feel like the people who need it wouldn't necessarily utilize it, you know, because there are people who just have a problem saying I'm sorry. They're the people who say, like, the I'm sorry you were offended or, you know, I'm sorry, but this is what I was doing. Not exactly just outright saying, hey, your feelings were hurt and I apologize for that. So they could use that service, but I feel like they don't know that they're in the wrong. And so they wouldn't force they wouldn't, uh, you know personally subscribe to it unless someone signs them up for it mm-hmm, exactly brennan fitzpatrick says i would definitely lean into my seven ish years of experience during high school and college as a sandwich artist at subway be my on island survivor occupation if i didn't win i'd probably still get an endorsement deal out of it uh, eat fresh um i just i love the term sandwich artist uh, do you think i've never worked at subway but do people that work at subway like to be referred as art artists they're sandwich artists. I don't know. I guess we got to get the survey girl on the job. Yeah, maybe that was the survey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do, do you think it's demeaning to be called a sandwich artist? Yeah, she just stood outside the local subway and just asked every employee who left that question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, John John says, on my internships, I went to a couple of weird places, such as a farm with chicken and leeches and a brewery with Christmas decorations during Oktoberfest. Haley, what do you think about these stylistic choice for Christmas decorations during Oktoberfest? You know, it just means you're prepared for the next season. That's true. I guess you are just uh, very much on the gun for what's to come next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope the chicken and leeches were kept far away from each other. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the cult thing, too. Like, I like this concept that all of these are related. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got to keep these chickens guarded. These are valuable. This is valuable chicken blood. We got to make sure nobody steals it. Right, that's how we extract it with the leeches. <laughs> uh, Tony says, so I used to work in a factory making headlights for cars, but to make it sound more interesting on Survivor, I would put it, I was a, quote, headlight automotive inspector. 
Hey, hi, H-A-I. Oh, I was going to say, what are you saying hi to him? <laughs> Sorry, that's all I could think. Well, for some reason, I thought of I thought of those stupid like shirts that said FBI and that says like female Federal body Booty inspector. inspector. <laughs> yeah, that was the only thing. Liana, how's of. your headlight? Uh, I haven't had any complaints. Exactly. Oh. Well, that's the thing. Is oh. like I don't know. I know headlights can sometimes be a term. Maybe I'm just thinking of that one scene in Dumb and Dumber, but for you know. Uh, the breasts, though maybe maybe the nipples as well. Maybe the bright headlights of Jamal's. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no. What have we done? I'm so sorry, Tony. <laughs> Alright, finally from Nowhere Wackcliffe. Want an odd job? I currently work in a sex toy warehouse. Not as sexy as it sounds. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't assume that's sexy. I go to... Hmm, not for me, thank you. <laughs> just like being surrounded by just like walls of dildos all day. Just seems um, odd. Walls of dildos. I guess it's just, I'm sure it's like just a normal factory. Like they have certain standards so. that they have like OSHA is not going to be like, um, I'm sorry, you guys can't be throwing sex parties in your warehouse. Like that's against well, our no, policy. No, but like you're <laughs> like, I have to make sure that this is just great and clean. <laughs> make sure everything's packaged right. Just handing a lot of things. Dildo inspector. I don't know. I I feel like there must be some people, right? I mean, like you sometimes. Some people what? Oh, you sometimes you hold parties in restaurants that you work in because you're close to the food. What's to say you don't have an evening where the supplies that might spice up your evening are within hand? Hmm. Maybe they're just really passionate about it. I don't know. Though I do agree, it seems like it's more so. Maybe it's sort of like a middleman facility where, like, the boxes are stored there. You don't actually get your hands on the material, and you're more so just, like, looking at it sitting on a shelf, and then you package it up into a truck and move it off. I mean, you know, don't get hooked on your own supply, right? Exactly. (laughs) Gotta keep it out of reach. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, well, I don't know if we can outdo some of the ones that you guys listed, Uh, but Liana, are you officially going with your stick-in job? Yep. Haley, what about you? Um, so I've had a lot of jobs that, you know, at first glance seem normal, but it involves a lot of weird tasks, like, you know, being a waitress or I work for an event planner. So gosh, we have to do a lot of weird stuff. But I was an RA in university and I think that provided the most weird things I've ever had to do. Um, like one time a, a guy puked down a stairwell, so it hit every stairwell. Ugh and every floor uh i made somebody else clean that up because i have a weak stomach but i'd say like the most like weird specific thing would be like cereal sweeper because one time somebody took a whole box of cheerios and just um put them throughout the hallway so that the whole hallway was just covered (gasps) in cheerios and i had to sweep (laughs) them up so uh cereal sweeper i think is what I'm going for. That's pretty funny. That's crazy. Um, I What was that person's intention? Were they trying to like lead people to their room, Hansel and Gretel style? <laughs> I, I wish I knew what the intention was. Oh, that actually happens in Monsters, Inc. Don't they lead the boo, the small child with Cheerios? Oh my god. Haley, you didn't tell us that you were the Monstropolis RA. You should have let off with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you guys knew because I had one eye. We've cracked the code. <laughs> oh, oh man. man, I think I think the quarter of the episode is I thought you knew because I have one eye. 
<laughs> um, my job, I can't remember if I talked about this on a podcast or not, but for a portion of time after college, I was an after school elf. What? So, you know what? This doesn't surprise me that much. I was part of an after school program for like it was like a pre K program where I would dress up as an elf. Uh, I had an identity and a story, uh, and <gasps> I would go into a church basement every week with about three to five kids. Uh, and we would <laughs> sing songs and we do activities. This is getting more and more yikes. We would do, and we would do crafts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> okay, and you're sure it's not a cult? It might have been a cult. Now, looking back on it, they did make me uh, genuflect to an altar as soon as I came in and left. But yeah, mm. that's what I did. My name was Jimble the Elf. Uh, <laughs> I had to come up with songs every week <laughs> that I would sing. I'd have to tell interactive stories. It was, uh, it was an interesting job. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm gonna call you Jimble from here on out. I'm changing your name in my phone right now. Jimble. Uh, it's gonna be Mike in parentheses, Jimble Bloom. Oh god, that's so oh funny. God. Yeah, uh, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was weird. It was really strange. And luckily, like, Angela, like, made the elf outfit that I had to put on and oh, wear. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, but it's one of those things that you look back and you're like, oh my god. I can't believe I did that, which I guess was the point of this entire exercise, right? To look back on our entire history of employment and say, wow, look at how far I've come. Or in some of our cases, look how laterally we've come. I feel like I'm just become the <laughs> podcast equivalent of an elf dancing around for hopefully people's enjoyment. <laughs> Much like the court jester, Jimble the elf. Yes. J-I-M-B-L-E, Jimble. Yes, that is correct. It's like thimble with a J. So did you come up with that? Yes. Aww. Is this, Were you very proud of yourself in that moment when you came up with it? No. <laughs> is this what you did you sure? when you were in Canada, too? Or was are these things unrelated? Unrelated. This was The Canada thing was post-Jimble. Post-Jimble. <laughs> wow. That's how you measure things in your life, pre- and post-Jimble. <laughs> it's your dating system. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so I've been happy to... Uh, Get into everything about this episode many years post-Jimble. Next week's question of the week. So we saw Jamal propose a midday nap, which he forbid his own instructions and decided to sleep on 39, which ended up uh, being his downfall here in the Buddha Mali. What is the worst thing to do the afternoon that you're going to tribal? You have a bunch of ways you can give us these answers. You can always uh, use this, the hashtag RHAPBNB on social media and tag Leon and I. As well, you can email us, rhapbnb at gmail.com. You can respond to this post on Rob Has a Website and the Rob Has Awesome Patrons group. Basically, anywhere on the internet at this point. We are watching it with five cameras controlled uh, by our cult-like system we operate here at the BNB. And we're going to break it all down next week as we get into episode three with the great Antonio Mazzaro returning to the RHAPBNB. Cannot wait to talk with the great Antonio in the sky, who's currently... About to start some Mr. Robot coverage with Josh Wiggler on our sister site, Post Show Recaps. But, Haley, thank you so much for coming back on. You brought so many fun facts about Canada. You imparted onto us so much learning, and we are happy to uh, hopefully dispense your wisdom over the next week and for the years to come. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had a swell time. Uh, you know, it's been a nice 
break from my break from podcasting. I'm in my hiatus season, which is wonderful and nice. Um, but it's always fun to pop on the microphone with you folks and uh, talk about Survivor. Are you guys covering Drag Race UK? Uh. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So what well, I will just <laughs> get you to tell me every single week. You can email me. Twitter DM me whatever is easiest for you. All of your thoughts and feelings. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're um, we're. I mean, to, to honestly answer that question, so most likely we'll do some form of coverage potentially at the end of the season. I don't know. We haven't really talked about it, um, but definitely we're not going to be doing a weekly coverage. There's just so much going on. So yeah, yeah we, totally. Fair. You can expect at least one Drag Race UK podcast, which will assumingly lead into All Stars and then the whole vicious cycle repeats but uh Haley, i know you said you're on a podcasting break but i do want to ask at the end of this uh people might not know i did reference this uh loosely in the podcast but you did recently become engaged how has that life been so far um it feels exactly the same as before kind of except now i have a shiny ring that i can show people i still don't call ethan my fiance i feel weird doing that i still call him my boyfriend i might even still call him that when we get married um it's been good. You know, our our wedding is in less than a year. We have it planned for October 3rd, 2020. <gasps> we did not mean to make it on a meme day, uh, but here we are. Okay, I was going to say, I got real excited. It's Let's on October 3rd. What day is it? October yeah, 3rd. as someone who accidentally yeah. had their son on May the 4th, I, I totally feel you there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, accidentally, Mike. Come on now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So uh, it's exciting, and it's going to get busy. And, you know, I'm just... I had a really busy September for work, and so now October is here, and I'm really enjoying it. Ethan and I are going to Iceland in a few weeks, which I'm very excited uh, about. Coldest capital in the world, I hear. I, you know what? <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a deep dive into that actual list. So, or if anyone want anybody wants to sponsor me to go to all of these cold capitals and figure out which one is the coldest, completely willing to do that. Thank you very much. I think we found a new uh, weirdest job for you, Haley. Next time you come on here, if that is being the case. <laughs> Yes, I'm very into that. Uh, so you can always follow Haley at strong underscore. Follow Liana at Liana Boris. Follow me at a Mike Bloom type. Liana, you mentioned mass Singer coverage beforehand. How was week two? Uh, week two was exciting. We got four new masked singers. Uh, one got revealed. So um, we now have seen three people be unmasked. Um, we still have... Six, seven, eight, nine, nine contestants. We know four more to learn about. Um, so definitely, if you haven't started watching, jump on it or watch the 30 second clips, clips on YouTube. Like that's also a fun way to enjoy the show. You get to see the elaborate costumes, the cool performances. Um, and it's really just uh, a blast. With less Jenny McCarthy. Yes, exactly. You get to sort of like skip over those like awkward, cringy parts, um, especially her just consistently uh, guessing Jamie Foxx for seemingly is everybody. Barack Obama? Oh my God, is this the queen? No, um, I don't know. I think Robin Thicke and Kelly Rowland might be the new uh, Jamie Foxx. That's true. Yeah, he thinks everybody is Kelly Rowland, it seems, at least on first pass. Uh, and then we kind of like work through it eventually. So he must, um, he must but- have been freaking out last week when um, Nicole told us that story about Rob's conversation with Kelly Rowland. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, man. Um, like, oh, I haven't met her. Uh, so, yeah. So anyway, uh, it's a lot of fun. Pui and I are covering that, um, like I said, in Reality TV or Hop Up. So definitely check it out. Um, if you have any comments, questions, thoughts, guesses, definitely reach out to us on social media. Um, and like Mike said, you can find me at Liana Boris. You can always check out the weekly Survivor Exit Press I'm doing for Parade.com. Got to speak with Molly this week about everything. I thought she was really awesome. I think, you know, 
she has learned to take everything in stride, clam squirting included. And so I, I had a lot of fun getting to talk with her after everything that happened and her response to a lot of the stuff that was going on uh, on screen as well. I've also been doing a lot of coverage of New York Comic Con. I'm actually at the time of recording this about to head out and do some more coverage for comic book resources. You can check all that out at CBR.com. And of course, Josh Wiggler and I are continuing down the hatch with our lost coverage as we take a look at the Saeed Jarrah episode Solitary, complete with some island golf as well. So lots of stuff going on in your podcast feeds as this season continues. Haley, thank you so much for coming on again. That's going to do it for this week on the B&B. If you have any suggestions for games that you want to send to us, you can always tweet at us or email rhapbnb at gmail.com. No game suggestion is stupid whatsoever. We're more than happy to play and discuss anything and everything. Special thanks to Scott St. Pierre for editing stuff behind the scenes. Paul Osselson, our head writer and Wolf from America for our theme song. We'll be back next week with Antonio Mazzaro breaking out episode three of Island of the Idols. We'll check you out at your next day. Mike and Liana gather playing some games that are pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Liana gather playing some games that are pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.